This is a Star Wars Sessions public service announcement. Just to let you spicy listeners know that this show was actually recorded hours, and I mean hours, before the news dropped that Bob Iger stepped down as Disney CEO with Bob Chapek or Chapek, not sure how to pronounce that yet, replacing him uh, in sometime in 2021. So that's it. Just bear that in mind. May the force be with you. You're listening to Star Wars Sessions with Matt Hudson and Luke Bly. This is where the fun begins. Good morning, afternoon, or evening, wherever you are in the galaxy. And welcome to Star Wars Sessions. Come for the Star Wars, stay for the sessions. My name is Matt Hudson, a.k.a. Drive the Hood. And joining me as ever in the cockpit of the Essex Falcon is the greatest Star Wars man, fan, and buddy out there. He's the man who signs all of the checks around here. And this one's on point. It's Bob Bliger. Oh, you naughty boy. I like it. Kind of Star Wars related, real world. Is this one of the first ones outside of the Star Wars universe? One of, one of the first Bly puns. We had Bly and Johnson about four months ago. Mate, that is filth. Well, <laughs> listen, listen. What is this? 53? 53. Show 53. 53 shows in, bro. You're doing it. I know you're running dry. <laughs> I know you're running dry. I can hear it in your voice. You're like, like oh, mate. gosh, I hope he likes this one because oh, no. every week it's getting harder. <laughs> I'm desperate for this validation here. How you doing, my man? <laughs> yes, I am doing very well. It is flipping windy. It's a bit <laughs> rainy here in uh, England in the United Kingdom. However, 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 let me tell you something, mate. Cool. I've had good food. I've had good food this weekend. Yeah. I've had good company, good bants, even good good somewhat spring cleaning. But you know what it ain't as good as? Go on, mate. Shooting the Galactic Butterbot Breeze with you, Sam. Thank you, mate. I appreciate that. I, I was meaning as well. How was your weekend? You, you um, had a good one? Yeah, it was all right. My family orientated this weekend, being um uh, out and about in Essex, um, down down out down and out and about in Woking as well, so um, nice. This is actually quite nice to chill out and relax and shoot the galactic breeze. But before that, mate, roast dinner this weekend. What did I sprinkle on that chicken? Oh, aromat. It went on. Oh. What did I sprinkle mm. on my meal tonight? <laughs> aromat. Oh, you naughty boy! It's just—I'm th- pretty sure it's like described as an all-round seasoning. It's not. It's, it's, it's an just all-round. like an all. It's an all-round spice. I'm pretty sure that is what Castle Spice is. Yeah, if, if that's what it is, no wonder everybody's so desperate to get it on in the galaxy. If it, I'd be an absolutely like Poe. I'd be a spice run if it involved uh, hanging around with that bad stuff every day. But Aromat, yeah, I'm now part of the gang, guys. We're not sponsored by them, but if you ever need a decent seasoning, a Sessions-approved seasoning, Aromat. 
Yeah, mate. Get yourself, go to the shop, mate. Get yourself some curly fries. Some of them like naughty boy curly fries, like the ones from school. Oh, yeah. Yeah, put, bang them bad boys in the oven. Bit of aromat over it. Oh, my days. Dip in chilli mayo. Flaming egg. That sounds alright, actually, to be honest, mate. Do you aromat before or after the oven? Um, I do after, okay, but that's okay. because mate, maybe because I'm just like lazy. I don't like shove it on anything. I'm, my missus is better with it. But yeah, a, but anyway, but anyway, we we've been chatting the Kessel Spice. We've been chatting the Kessel Spice. We but you know what time it is, people? It is for our weekly recap of what's what's going on in the Star Wars world. What what is going on, mate boy? I don't know. You don't know. We none of us know. So let's let's find out. Let's go to the Galactic News Round. Episode 1 of The Clone Wars Season 7, titled The Bad Batch, premiered on February 21st on Disney+. J.J. Dillard and Matt Owens are reportedly being lined up to direct a new Star Wars movie, according to Deadline. An excerpt from an upcoming The Rise of Skywalker novelization sees Kylo Ren finding the Oracle on Mustafar. And by the time you're listening to this, details of the mysterious Project Luminous will have been announced. So, guys, Bliger dropped it in the uh, as the Bly pun this week. It is very relevant. If you follow us on social media, you'll know what we're talking about. If you don't, we'll give those links later on. What we wanted to speak about this week, we've been putting it off and putting it off um, for a few weeks now. But it's we want to we want to discuss the financial report, the financial state uh, of the Disney era Star Wars films, and also um, a little bit about Kathleen Kennedy and Bob Iger. Now that the rise of Skywalker is slowing down massively in his box office, we thought it would be a good time to sit back and and reflect. And before we go on, we know that, as we've seen, just the, the mention of Kathleen Kennedy and Bob Iger raises certain people's ire, which is fair enough. Everybody's on their opinion. What I will say, though, this isn't going to be a, a bashing fest to them two or the sequel trilogy. But at the same time, I can't see it. I don't think it's going to be a, a full-on loving either. I'm hoping and I'm believing, as, as you get with the sessions, this is going to be straight down the line and honest but i just wanted to get that out there but um yeah so this was uh luke's been wanting to do this for a while now because he, he he works with money every day so uh lukey boy wanted to talk about money so uh take us away mate what's what's the score show me the money oh mate hang on dude i need it for this week for this conversation i've got a galactic brew how However, I'll tell you what, it's, it's a bit boring. I can't even lie. See, I'm not going to kid you guys. It is a zero sugar cherry Coca-Cola mm. from uh, Poundy, from Pound Structure. Fair enough. All taste, none of the bad stuff. That's it, man. It, it, I, you know what? I just didn't fancy Birio tonight. I know it's crazy. <laughs> I know it's crazy. I know it's crazy. But um, I wanted to be fully compass mentis. That's right, yeah. Yeah. Nice one. Yeah, yeah, man. Thank you. Culture. Thanks, Matt. Uh, thank you, Matt. Um, I wanted to be fully compassionate. <laughs> com- com- yeah, that word. I just said it. Damn it, Come on, mate. I'm cultured um, swine. I know. Schweiner. Um, <laughs> Kathleen Kennedy. Bob Iger. Let's, let's start off by saying um, I have nothing but 
respect for Kathleen Kennedy. This is a woman that has been very heavily involved in Hollywood um, for for decades. You know, she's helped define uh, you know what pop culture is. Mm-hmm. You know, you think of some of the biggest Hollywood blockbusters. Um, in again in recent decades best part of her or not maybe not best part um last few decades you know she has been a incredible and formidable force in film Mm -hmm. and in hollywood and that is to be respect respected you know i have nothing but the utmost respect for kathleen kennedy uh bob Iger, he's grinded his way to ceo position at disney you know these are clever people yeah from 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 Stroud, these are very clever and intelligent people. You can tell that. You can tell that from the way they talk or present stuff that there is intelligence there. Do I think they're always the best decision makers? Well, no, of course not. Um, every big company has its problems, has its ups and downs. So I think I'm just reiterating what Matty Boy has just said that, you know, we are not bashing here, but we are, let's look clinically at the state of Star Wars right now from a financial perspective. Yeah, this is, and this is something that we rarely talk about. Mm -hmm, We kind of allude to in our shows, but we don't, we've we've never sat down and spoken about this. And I do think um, it, it needs to be spoken about. Now that we've done a sequel trilogy, um, we've got our first Disney Plus series out. So, Matty Boy, how about you kick us off with some figures? I can do. I've literally got like a whole scroll's worth of figures here. In terms of the sequel trilogy, we've got The Force Awakens. I'll do this as unboring as possible. But The Force Awakens, as we know, 2.068 billion worldwide uh, versus 247 yep. million opening weekend. The Last Jedi. 2 billion. Yeah, that's it. One, Last Jedi, 1.332 billion worldwide against 220 million opening weekend worldwide that was so that came in overall worldwide it came in 735 million dollars less than the force awakens in its final run so 730 million less it made at the box office let me get the rise of skywalker that made 1.07 billion dollars worldwide and its opening weekend was 177 million dollars so in terms of the against the other two the Rise of Skywalker made $262 million less than The Last Jedi All-In, and it made $998 million less than The Force Awakens. Almost a billion dollars less than The Force Awakens by the time that film finished. So they are the opening yeah. weekend numbers, and they are the uh, at the total weekend box, the total uh, worldwide box with an asterisk for The Rise of Skywalker. What I will say was yesterday, the 23rd of February, it only took in $132,000 domestically, 73000 in the UK. So that number's not going to change drastically now from what it is. So it's still bringing in six figures, but the very low end of six figures. It's soon it's going to start to dwindle. It's coming out of theatre. So the talking point, for when I was looking at that, the, the Force Awakens was an anomaly. The Force Awakens was mental how much money that made. It was always mm-hmm. going to make big bucks. And The Last Jedi always had a tough job on its on its hands to get near the Force Awakens, which was at the time, at the time, one of the big. It was the third biggest film of all time. It was um, the big. It still is. It's the biggest movie of all time for a film without a re-release. Number one grossing film of all time domestically that year. It was the big, it's biggest film in the states as well, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, domestically is the states. Yeah, worldwide that year, twenty fifteen, it was the biggest film of the year. It had the biggest second weekend of all time and the biggest third weekend of all time. That may have changed now, but 
at the time. So the last Jedi always had a lot of work on its shoulders. It had a big, you know, had three quarters of a billion dollars uh, drop from the Force Awakens. That I wasn't too concerned about, simply because the Force Awakens made so much money based on rewatchability and the event which we've spoken about. The Rise of Skywalker made almost a billion dollars, almost half the money the Force uh, the Force Awakens did, and a quarter of a billion less than the For- the Last Jedi. So what I'm looking at here is diminishing returns. The third film in a trilogy, especially Star Wars, always does better. Especially in Star Wars, always does better. It brings in more than the previous. What we're seeing here is less people are going to watch the films overall and for the opening weekend as well. That's the sequel trilogy film, so those three. The other two, obviously, we'll get into. So before we go, before I go into any more geek stats, what are you thinking about that, mate? So the, the decline in figures, clearly people going to watch them, and the opening weekend as well, so... This is meant to be the end of the Skywalker saga. This is meant to be a big deal. Yeah, I think going back on what you said, you know, the Force Awakens is always going to be a big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, people are always going to come out and support that film. They're always going to come out and see that film because it was the first time in a decade we'd had Star Wars. You know, people thought Star yeah. Wars was dead. That was it. That was it. It, it was finished. It was the sequels as well. The exactly. It, it's the first sequel and i think that was a big deal and to be honest i think people went and saw the force awakens and they loved it they thought it was really fun um and word of mouth was i i really i remember it clear as day everyone likes the force awakens yeah i don't know many people that didn't dislike it especially upon first viewing that 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 early time before people were like oh yeah remake of a new hope which okay let's that's that's a different conversation but it's not it's not a direct mm-hmm. remake you know in my eyes uh there are similar beats but anyway um people loved this film and it made two billion the last jedi mate if uh, put it this way the last jedi earned a lot of money it brought a lot of money in um i probably think i i think it could have made more mm-hmm. the reason i say that is because if the film, and we're to, we're speaking subjectively here, of yeah, course, yeah. we're but we're both Last Jedi fans. You know, we we there are bits of it we like, there are bits of it we don't like. But let's be honest, man. Like the Last Jedi was divisive. Yeah. Not everyone liked it. No, you're right. So if I think if it was more of a quote unquote crowd pleaser, I do think the Last Jedi could have gone and earned one point five, one point six bill. Probably, uh, I'm I'm thinking that, and then we get to the last um, the last one, Rise of Skywalker, just over a billion dollars. This is the first time we're in depth, you know, really addressing this, talking about this. Mm-hmm. Okay, straight up, underperformed. Yep, it underperformed. It's still a billion dollar film, right? This is still technically one of the biggest films of all time. This is still such an achievement. And what you can see, and I'm going in, I'm, I know you've got a load of stats here, mate. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, you have, you naughty boy. Um, but as well, there are some other stats that I do think play into this because let's look at the American markets as an example, and maybe the British markets as well. The Rise of Skywalker is still amongst the big boys. Yeah. It is absolutely massive. If The Force Awakens, and let let me tell you something right here, right now. If The Force Awakens killed it, 
killed it, like Endgame killed it in China, yeah, mm-hmm. it'd be the biggest film of all time. There would be a big shout for it to be, mate. Mate, it, it'd be definitely up there. It'd be real close. Real, real, real close. But it wasn't. And this is a thing. Star Wars is not a big deal in China. Um, it kind of never has been for many reasons, for historical reasons, cultural reasons. You could go on and on and on about it. You could probably do a whole episode all about that. Um, but anyway, I, I, I digress. Uh, the, the rise of Skywalker did so poorly in China, so poorly. There are very small European countries that were making more on the rise of Skywalker than um, China did. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? And and that is a big deal. And that is a big market, people. China's the biggest populated um, country in the world. And it also has probably one of the fastest growing middle classes. So therefore, you have a lot of people with a more disposable income. Hollywood wants to enter that market. Yes. Let's not be blind here. And, and let's talk very straight. There, There is no mistake that Mulan is getting made. You know, one of the biggest budgeted Disney films ever. Yeah, stellar cast and whatnot. Yeah, mate, they are targeting China. I still think Rogue One was targeted more towards a Chinese audience. Yeah, I think it was. There are many reasons for that. Many reasons for that. Um, One of the most obvious ones, Donnie Yen was put in there. And that's not just because he's a brilliant actor um, who's done amazing things in Chinese cinema. And he's just all around awesome. We, we are, yeah. we are so, you know, we, we should be so um, pleased and honored to have him in our franchise, you know, in our family. Um, but it was also a strategic move. Same for Jiang Wen as well. Cause he's, he's a big, he's a, he's a Finn. He's a big deal in Chinese cinema. Jiang Wen who played Bayes Malbus. Yeah, Very for sure, man. Well. So, so I'm I'm just thinking that 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 is a massive point that I want to I want to show. But what we see from this sequel trilogy is is just a gradual decline mm-hmm. in sales for um the sequel trilogy. Matt, I'm, I'm going to hand it over to you now because I, I don't want to take all of the discussion points yeah, <laughs> because 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 this is this is crazy. But I will I will point this out. Okay, mm-hmm. so original trilogy. First film comes in, smashes it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Prequel trilogy. First film comes in, absolutely smashes it. Phantom Menace. It's a billion dollar film, by the way. It is, yeah. Phantom Menace still. Uh, a release, I think it was the second biggest film of all time, Phantom Menace, uh, back in 99. Um, again, you correct, Matt, correct me on this if, I, if I'm wrong. I'm, I'm going off memory here on this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, sequel trilogy, once again, the pattern continues the first film smashes it by far biggest film okay so we got our pattern middle film usually is actually the lowest in terms of takings and the third film kind of just goes above that it's nothing crazy but it goes above that and it comes in a second place okay so let's remember that yeah first film biggest second film lowest usually and our third film comes in just above that at a second place okay the sequel trilogy didn't do that the sequel trilogy just went down what just went downhill. So we started 2 billion, 1.3 billion, and then nearly, nearly halving our first episode uh, or episode seven with a $1.07 billion uh, entry. Um, so Matty boy, the sequel trilogy breaks the pattern. Mm-hmm. What are you thinking? It does. And 
the the obvious answer to that is well it's still made a billion and i get that i honestly get that i just it's the it's the diminishing returns which doesn't have me worried has me disappointed because we mentioned on our first pubcast way back when on a train to london uh, on a train to stratford yeah. we said we we i think we both threw our hat in the ring for about 1.6 to 1.7 billion dollars we reckon this would make and we then said i mean i know i said anything and i believe you you echoed it Anything under 1.3, which is what The Last Jedi did, could be seen as a disappointment. Anything around a billion or less would be a disaster, we said, pretty much. And um, yep. look what happened. So we we were kind of spot on in terms of that. Is this a disaster? No, it's not, because it's still made to studio a billion dollars, but it's not good. It, and, I, and I don't think it is. And I know it might seem crazy to say that, but in tw- The Last Jedi was the biggest film in the world in, 27, in 2017. Rogue One was the second biggest, and that wasn't expected to make any money. Um, obviously, The Force Awakens, was, Rise of Skywalker Worldwide was the, was the uh, eighth biggest film of the year. Joker, Toy Story 4, Spider-Man, Far From Home, Captain Marvel, Frozen 2, The Lion King, which made way more money than I ever thought it did. And obviously, Endgame came in higher. So the eighth, eighth biggest film of the year. So, uh, you know, it's fallen behind these other these other franchises like Pixar, the, the MCU, Frozen uh, and then the Disney originals, say originals, uh, Lion King and Frozen Two. So it it shows that maybe it's because there's more competition now. There's always been competition because when the prequels came out, we had Lord of the Rings, we had Harry Potter, and we had the original Sam Raimi Spider Man films. There's always been competition, but this, um, but the Rise of Skywalker just it's disappointing. And was some of that down to the fact that the Last Jedi had a divisive reviews and Solo didn't do very well as well. Potentially, yes. Did the people on the internet have more of a say than we think? I don't know. I'm not prepared to answer that because you know, a couple of a thousand people on the internet aren't going to make a huge dent in the box office. But the numbers don't lie. They are they are worrying. And the Last Jedi bought 620 million dollars in the UK and the USA alone. Rise of Skywalker is going to end on 514 million, so 100 million less. And actually, the Rogue One's made more money in the US domestically. Um, then the rise of Skywalker. So Rogue One is the big winner here, which I know we'll speak about. That's the big winner out of all of this. But the rise of Skywalker, but it wasn't all bad. It had massive upswings on Christmas Day and New Year's Day. People went out to see this film to celebrate. It actually, in terms of the actual box office run, is leggier than The Last Jedi. I've been looking at the figures. It's been bringing in more money day on day than The Last Jedi to the point where it had actually overtaken it at one point, but it has slowed down. But The Last Jedi mm-hmm. had more positive gains day on day. So, whereas every money usually makes them, every day, usually, every film, sorry, usually makes a minus day on day. So they made minus you know, 10% uh, this day than they did yesterday. The Last Jedi actually made more positives. It's bringing in more da- more days when people were coming to see it in amongst the greater drops, if that makes any sense. So, um, yeah. and also yeah. The Rise of Skywalker was the, f- it, it was the shortest film to uh, start making less than a million dollars a day. Uh, and I think even uh, Solo is the only film which made, which got to that milestone quicker. So I've got lots more of those, but they're the kind of, I wanted to back up my reasoning with facts and I've been, I love films, you know that. Sure. So I've been on all the film sites and I've been on all the stats and that, and I already know some of these anyway, to try and get a better picture for for me, for you and the listeners, to, so it isn't just us saying, well, it made a billion dollars less, therefore it's not as good. It's the other little things as well that went alongside with that as well. So where it came and it's the 33rd biggest film of all time, 14th in the United States. 
Last Jedi is the 14th biggest film worldwide and the ninth in the United States. So it's still in there in terms of the domestically. It, there's still one of the, every film in this trilogy has got in the top 15 of all time over there and thir- in the top 33 worldwide. So for the sequel trilogy, though, I do find it slightly worrying that there is a, and I know I've just said I don't find it worrying. I mean that in terms of sound the klaxon, we've got a, we've got a, a problem here. But it is a bit of an issue that what should have been like the grand finale, the Skywalker saga, 40 years of storytelling, mm-hmm. actually ended on a bit of a whimper. And I still think it was, and I've come to the, sorry, I've come to the conclusion in the last week that uh, I think even calling it the Skywalker saga was a mistake. I know we've had that comment before. I think they should have moved the sequel trilogy 50 years in the future and have it play out as a kind of, um, uh, as an homage to the, the the sixth film Skywalker saga, so they mention and reference it, but the films and the characters stand by themselves. Uh, that's what I think. But what we got, I still enjoyed F- numbers wise. So I don't know. I'm not so sure about that. How Kathy Kennedy and Bob Iger feel about that? I'm sure they're just relieved that they've made bank because they have made a lot of money. These films, in and amongst themselves, have pretty much recouped the money that they spent on Disney uh, on on Lucasfilm, the four point zero five billion. But yeah, it's, it's, I keep saying it. I am, you know, slightly down on the fact that the figures are down. What will be the key selling point? The key, the key point here is in whatever the next film is or the next series of films, how well do, do they do as a series? I'm sure whatever the next film is will do pretty well because it's a new story and they usually do quite well with the intrigue. If it's a series of films, how well does se- as was film number two do? Film number three do? Do we see an increase? Because we, we 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 say what we like about the MCU, their films consistently make at least at least seven hundred million worldwide, and then you get the one you get you get the uh, certainly this year last year sorry, they they break the billion dollars, and then in case of Endgame two billion. Why well, I think Star Wars can probably reach for that kind of status where the films now can at least aim for eight hundred million worldwide and above. I think to expect every film to make a billion could be. Reaching, especially now that they've got new stories and new characters to hang their hat on, that might be tougher. We'll see how strong the IP actually is. That's for me is what's going to be the test now. How well do the new films do? How well does Disney Plus fit, continue to fare uh, with these new um, series coming out? But yeah, mate, I, I can't lie. With I am disappointed and slightly worried mm. in the in the downswing here. The thing is, mate, is let's not forget like the the power behind star wars right and that's that's the thing to remember and that's why i'm not super worried is because like the mandalorian showed us that star wars can be on top it can be the most talked about thing in the office it can be the most talked about thing on the street and at home yeah mandalorian proves that and it shows us that despite the fact that I love The Force Awakens, I love The Last Jedi, and there are bits of The Rise of Skywalker I love. Same with The Last Jedi. There are bits I can't stand in The Last Jedi, mm-hmm. yeah? It goes to show that this was p- poorly planned. That's it. That's what. That's the truth. And that that is what this comes down to. All of what you've just said, all the numbers, you've talked about the MCU. MCU's better planned. Yeah, that's one of the most incredible um, acts of storytelling in all of cinema to be able to weave that all together. To weave it all together. That's the magic, man. And I'm not a big MCU fan. You know that. But they're they're cohesive. Dude, I I watch Black Panther and I sit there and I go, I cannot believe this film is bigger than Rogue One, 
Rise of Skywalker, even The Last Jedi, isn't mm-hmm. it? Beat The Last Jedi. Uh, sure. I think it did, yeah. It did. And, it, and it was up for the picture at the Academy Awards. Get out of here. Yeah, I did say that Get when I did my what a... retrospective review, yeah. It's a good film, what though, but it, it wasn't. There were other films it's that It's a year. good film, yeah. and I understand why it was supported. I, I, I fully, fully mm-hmm. understand that, and I um emotionally support that exactly. I, I get it i it was well overdue a film like that was well overdue Absolutely. we'll leave it at that story quality precisely precisely um but let's be honest this the sequel trilogy although it's got some magical moments mm-hmm. some of the best moments in star wars full stop some of the, my favorite characters in star wars full stop it is disjointed and you do have to ask the question matt What's the difference between this trilogy and the other trilogies? The last film doesn't do as well. Why doesn't it? Why doesn't it? Why doesn't it do as well? Is it because, like, A, uh, word of mouth wasn't quite as good? Maybe the appetite wasn't there after Solo and the Last Jedi fiasco? Mm -hmm. Maybe, maybe. Was The Last Jedi, did The Last Jedi give us enough or the people enough to walk away and go, I need to see the next episode. Like what maybe The Force Awakens did. Mm-hmm. I don't there's know. so many variables, isn't there? Like, probably there's so many variables, so many variables. But you, it goes to show that maybe the problem isn't Star Wars. Because it's not. It's not Star Wars. Again, I'm going to say again, The Mandalorian shows us it's not that problem. Toy Cells doesn't say that it's Star Wars because kids are playing with toys less anyway. Yeah. Yeah, like that's not an indicator. You know, that's not a thing. Uh, Fallen Order and Battlefront 2, like having a massive resurgence, healthy. Do do you know how much merchandising makes a year for Star Wars? Go on. At least $4 billion a year. And when there's a (laughs) film out, anything up to $7 billion. Lego, cookware, clothes, toys... I mean, the books sell at least a year, at least a million units a year. So yeah, you're right. Star Wars isn't necessarily the issue. No, it's not. And that that is an IP that people would murder for. That is an mm. IP that and this is this is true, mate, is that although Endgame is the biggest film of all time, it does not have, in my opinion, a stronger IP than Star Wars. The brand, the the the, the mythos, the identity, it is not as big as star wars it is not that yet the thanos click is not as iconic as no i am your father Mm -hmm. that's that's how things go that's how culture works it's definitely up there though and it is definitely confusing because the common denominator between those two families those two businesses is disney and this is what we got to talk about now well let's let's talk about people Mm -hmm. let's talk about companies and let's talk about uh, let's talk about that yeah because i i think the disney model is the following disagree with me Matt. actually no 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 do you know what do you know what matty boy what do you think the disney model is i think the disney model at times is uh i think it's uh uh how do i put it it's strong but it can be unhealthy at times um mm-hmm. the mcu pumps out three two three films a year uh does very well for the most part star wars then gets accused of having fatigue for putting one out two out in a few months um but their actual original films e the original films aren't doing so well at the minute sequels reboots and uh, animated live action uh reboots are doing them very well at the minute so actually to me disney themselves 
I think when it comes to their own films aren't as strong as some other studios. What what helps them is when they bought things like Pixar, when they bought the rights to the MCU, when they bought Lucasfilm, uh, and obviously they're relying heavily on their older properties. So their newer properties, things like mm-hmm. Wrinkle in Time, uh, Nutcracker and the Four Realms, weren't good. Didn't make a lot of money either. Um, so they're having to rely on these these films like uh, the MCU and Star Wars, which might mean they start pumping out more content, which could be an issue quality-wise. But um, So the Disney model, listen, mate, it's a juggernaut. It, it's working. So all of that said, it's working. It's bringing in big bucks. I do think there are other studios who work, who are who have better uh, structures, but less return. Yes. Yes. I think, I think this is an issue. I can't lie to you. I think that, and I've, I've, I've spent a few months and especially these past few days, really thinking about it, really trying to be balanced. And I can't help but feel, and I don't know this for definite. This is just my opinion. When, when you, when you sit down and you listen to the um, shareholder calls from Bob Iger, yeah, the Disney shareholder calls. And you, you learn that I work in a very corporate business. I I work in a massive company that's owned by an even bigger company. That's on the New York stock exchange, et cetera. Yeah. It's big. It's very corporate and figures is king. Yep. That's it. That's, that's true. And that's the thing, people let's not be too disheartened because this like star Wars is at the end of the day, a business. Yes. Without without these films making money, all those people, all those creative people, they don't have a job mm-hmm. if these films don't perform. Yeah. And somebody and needs to be paid Disney, up top. That's it. If Lucasfilm ain't bringing in the bunts, and if Disney ain't earning Mola, yeah, what happens? People good people lose their jobs. And it's mm-hmm. serious. It, you know, it's a big deal. It's a very big deal. And we're living in a time, we're living in like the wild west of entertainment at the moment. You know, like what we were saying with uh, old Kenny Napsog, like not that long ago, a couple of weeks ago on our show, when he came on, you know, this is really the wild west of um, entertainment. In fact, like in the way that people can listen to whole podcasts on the way to work, but also <laughs> the way people listen to music and watch TV. Yep. That's why Disney are so keen to get on board with the streaming service. And lo and behold, guess what? They've, they've, they've smashed it first time. The Mandalorian smashed it. Absolutely annihilated that. But you can already tell the how that Disney like clockwork is coming in, that engine is pumping by the the merch that's come out, dude. Yep. The merch for Baby Yoda and Mandalorian is <laughs> mental. They are, they, are, they are milking that thing. But people are going to buy it. Why not? People are yeah. going to buy it. I get it. I get it. It's got to earn money. Now, the problem is, we all know these are viable companies, but it's when schedule, and this is an, this is an important word to remember, from my point, schedule and money come before storytelling. Sadly. Sadly. Schedule, mate. I have a feeling Disney sat down Lucasfilm and said, we need a trilogy to start on 2015. Yep. And every two years, you're going to give us the sequel. Yep. Yeah. I don't doubt that, mate. And remember, there was there was plans for how many um, standalone films? Obviously, Rogue One, Solo, the Boba Fett one with uh, Josh Trank was apparently green, green lit. And that was something else I'm going to mention, obviously, later on in terms of directors. Uh, and then who knows? And then the Kenobi film was apparently like there. So there was, there was big plans for... For the for the films, so basically, you know, engineer 
potentially two films a year or at least one every year so in between the sequels trilogy we'd have that standalone film and obviously that didn't that hasn't gone well but we knew that there were plans to pump these films out yes yeah and it, you can't help but feel like that does not equal that isn't going to equal the best creative product the best bit of art mm-hmm. and you can tell the the most almost liberating products are the ones where they're not answering to a, a previous story, yeah. i.e. Rogue One, Force Awakens, Mando. The Mandalorian. Yeah. And, and, and despite, and we've talked about this many times, despite its critical reception, Solo, good story. Well-made, well-made film, had very controversial production, but it's, it's fun, it's good. Sadly, lots of... Sh- stupid scheduling uh problems and the backlash of the last jedi affected that film there's many other factors but anyway it it does make you think to to yourself because solo i mean even so we're not even spoken about that yet is star wars being mismanaged i think the answer to that is possibly Again, I'm not ready to die on the hill yet because the figures say, oh, and like you just said, in a corporate world, it's all about the bunts. Are you bringing, are you, what, what's, what's after that dollar sign? Nine figures? Boy, you can keep it going. Ten figures? Wow. You know, at the top, yeah. the shareholders and the stakeholders, they all they want of Bob Iger is how much money are these products making? Can we make more? If we can, how do we do it? Does that mean make more films? Let's do it. Does that mean pump out more merchandise? Let's do it. But behind that, though, in terms of the actual studio production level, is def- is it being mismanaged, like you say? In terms of st- production, yes. I know I have mentioned that many times in our podcast and on other shows. Uh, and to your point, when we kicked off the discussion, I've got I've got big respect for Kathleen Kennedy. What she has done for Ho- she's a you know she is a list of uh, in Hollywood. She is one of the greatest things to come out of Hollywood ever. And, I, and anybody who says otherwise yep. is either a fool or has no idea about the, the, the industry. Because it's not just, oh, well, she produced E.T. Well, she must be very good. Everything else she's done behind the scenes. There's a, in, honestly, and, and there's Google, Wikipedia, and just uh, many other mediums to go and find that stuff out. Yeah, we're, like, not, we're not questioning that, are yeah, we? We're not, we're not Iger, like you that. said, self, you know, he's, he's risen up and he's made Star Wars a juggernaut that it is. Obviously, Lucas did that, but he's taken it from he's taken the baton and ran with it. Studio production, though, how many directors have been hired and fired? Almost one for every project. Look at Kenobi recently. It came out on stage at D twenty three. Ewan McGregor, you know the scripts are great. We're ready to go. Kathy Kennedy says we've had these for so long. A couple of months. What did we get about four weeks, four or five weeks ago? Uh, we've had a look at the scripts. We don't like them. We're going to rewrite all of them. Uh, Hossein Amini, the writer's been fired. Thankfully, Deborah Chow is still on board. But that was just one of many uh, directors have been hired and fired. I mentioned Josh Trank, Lord and Miller, the whole Gareth Edwards things, JJ behind the scenes with The Rise of Skywalker, Colin Trevorrow. Uh, I'm sure I'm forgetting somebody else as well. It's Kathleen yeah. Kennedy as a studio head, running running this studio is not in the right job for me. And I love Kathleen Kennedy. And I'm not calling for and I'm not advocating to lose her job because I'm not that kind of guy and I'm not foolish. Because again, the money talks, but the production side has been a massive issue. And and for us, we've spoken about it as well. It's a bit it, it's a bit embarrassing when you look at it. For every every big production like this, something goes wrong, and not just oh you know 
in something small. It's something which could derail the entire process. So I think there needs to be somebody at the top or, or working alongside Kathy Kennedy who knows how to run a studio. So Kathleen Kennedy is is the greatest producer. At least she's in the top one or two in Hollywood. Producer. I think we need to get a studio head in to work alongside her to make those film-based um, like ground-level decisions. Who to Michelle Rejwan. We've got we got said we got we got old Rejwan, our Reggie. She's there, head of live action development. Mm. So hopefully she'll be able to steady the ship somewhat. But it worries mm. me, and I've, mm. I haven't been quite in saying this. I've always said it. It worries me how many people get bought on board for only to lose their job again. I mean, when we get this new set of films, when they release it, when if they announce a director straight up, um, like they did, that's it, Benioff and Weiss, that's who I was thinking about. They came, they're gone. The Ryan Johnson trilogy, where's that? What's happening about that? There's so much bad publicity surrounding the actual creation of these films. So if they come out and say, oh, you know, Luke Bly is directing the next series of films, I am inclined to not believe that, or not that I don't believe it. I'm not going to get excited because who's to say in a year's time Luke Bly is not going to leave his job due to creative differences that mm-hmm. kind of quote unquote mm-hmm. creative differences so I think it's being mismanaged from a film side from a budget from a financial side it's doing a great job even if they are seeing diminishing returns they're making a lot of money but mate for me behind the scenes is it's a big issue and it, it has absolutely got to change because as our friend Blyzak said and other people you don't see this mismanagement in other franchises it only seems to be Star Wars. Yeah, and this is the thing. It's hard to tell if that is because Kathleen is doing a good job, mm-hmm. if she is stopping uh, mediocrity, if she is stopping bad storytelling or something. Maybe people want to come up and leave their mark on Star Wars. They want to do their mm-hmm. Star Wars, and maybe that's not a good thing for the overall story in, the, in, in this franchise, the bigger picture. And that is one thing I would say is that Star Wars still, despite the fact it's like been, you know, it's it's been a mixed bag over the last few years, mostly positive in, in many, many regards, but it's been a mixed bag. I would still say, you know, your average Star Wars film in quality, in terms of quality, is still way ahead of your average DC film, your average Marvel film, your average, like, Lord of the Rings film, like, and well, I don't know about Lord the of the Hobbit Rings. Films. Maybe better than The Hobbit, The yeah. Hobbit films. <laughs> yeah. LOTR uh, trilogy is is pretty sacred. That's um, standard. It, it's pretty it's pretty good. But um, you know the I, I I do feel that I'm not sure if Kathleen is necessarily the one to blame. Mm-hmm. And I've been thinking about this over the last few months. Go on, sir. I think I think I really think it could be Disney. You know. Go on. I'm really interested. I think Kathleen is is doing what she can with what she's got, mm-hmm. with the people she's got, trying to give us the best product, the most consistent product, um, and story. But at the end of the day, it's a product. That's how they view it, and that's why I'm talking like this. Mm-hmm. That's how these guys view it. Yeah, fact. Maybe it is Disney putting under pressure. I've I've always had this idea, and you know me. I've mentioned this, but for those who who um, don't know, and by the way, thank you to all our most recent listeners. We've had we've had a lot of new recent yeah, uh, new listeners recently. So thank you very much. Thank you for the messages. Welcome, board. Welcome to familia. Um, but anyway, I, I still think to this day, and there's I've no I've no proof or anything solid for this. I can't help but think solo being released when it was was a slap on the wrist to Lucasfilm. 
I get that vibe for many, many reasons. I think it was Disney saying, no, you're not going to move your film again. Because let's bear in mind, Force Awakens, Last Jedi, all these films were scheduled to come out in summer. Yeah, right, mate, yeah. All of them. They all were like, oh, sorry, there's a delay. Now, what was really, like, we think, like, even now, like, some of these films are like, flipping out, that's a tight turnaround, you know, pretty much two years. Mm-hmm. It's not long. To make a blockbuster, that's not yeah, long. It's not long. Disney wanted, wanted it, they wanted it to be done sooner. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Nah. So is it Kathleen? Is is Kathleen Kennedy the problem? I don't know. Because now let's <sighs> let's think about it, mate. We we love <laughs> yeah. the Premier League. I, I see you, you guys had a good weekend, didn't you? Oh, mate, we took Vila to the cleaners, mate. Mm. What was the score? It was 2-0 in the end. And uh, I was very, very pleased with that. Yeah, you pleased, mate. That's good good for you, man. Ooh. The Saints, hey, the Saints classic. Marching in. Mate, they love it. Um <laughs> listen, yeah, like what we've we've had some um for, for our international listeners, we've we've had some like some ups and downs in the Premier League this year, past two seasons. It's been pretty juicy. Mm. Um one of the most memorable things is probably Arsenal sacking Emery, their manager. Uh they sacked their manager because they didn't win they didn't win nothing for ages and this is a big club arsenal arsenal football club Mm -hmm. like the world knows who arsenal are yeah but the problem is is that it was almost very reactionary like it was always a reaction to something now their neighbors ironically their their rivals you know over the road tottenham hotspur up in northeast london they sacked their manager Brought in Mourinho. You know, yeah. it's not like they were on a... You know, you weren't doing awful. They could have done better. They'd lost one game than they were used to, but that's just the way it goes. That's it. People weren't going crazy like they were over in Arsenal, and yet they were proactive. Let's see if that gamble pays off. But they were proactive. I can't help but feel that that's a situation we we need to avoid we need to avoid just reacting to this in a bad way that and i'm i'm speaking as if we you know have loads of power over this but what i'm saying is maybe getting rid of the people isn't the problem because let's face it guys there's always going to be a corporation there's always going to be shareholders there's always going to be a strict deadline on when this product needs to be on the shelves and selling to people. When that film is in theatres, selling out tickets, selling out theatres. Mm-hmm. And that's it. That's, that's it. That is that is capitalism, people. Yeah. And you're listening to a podcast about one of the most capitalist things ever <laughs> yeah. made. And it always has been. Let's not, let's not kid ourselves. It's not a new thing. Lucas was all yeah. about those toys. Yes, for sure. Yeah, he, weren't, he weren't stupid. And that's the thing is that's the basket and those are the toys we've been given to play with. Yeah, Mr. Aramat. Put it on it. That's the aromat. That's the aromat and the tin and that. <laughs> right? There you go. Little poem. Um, <laughs> but li- listen, do I think... He- and he- here is the thing. Rise of Skywalker could have done better. I think there's so many variables on that. I think The Last Jedi is a big thing to do with that. I do think the internet people have had a little dent on that too. Mm-hmm. But I do think a big chunk of people just weren't maybe as interested in Star Wars as they could have been. I, I do I do feel that. I feel that. And that is because I think of the divisive nature of that period of time between The Last Jedi and 
solo. I do think the marketing for Rise of Skywalker could have been a lot better. <laughs> yep. And if the story was a lot stronger and if there was a drop your jaw wow moment in it, it the word of mouth would have been a lot better. I do think that as well. There's a, there's a few things that could have pushed it, could have pushed it. China is a massive, massive part of this too. Massive. And lastly, Matty Boy. Go on, Sam. Kathleen Kennedy, Bob Iger. Are you keeping them? Ideal world, are you keeping them? Well, I've got to say now, my man, when you mention Kathleen Kennedy, and again, I'll say it one more time, I don't want her to go. I'd happily have someone work alongside her. And as long as she's producing the films, we're in safe hands. She, I mentioned Kenobi, she got rid of Hossein Amini because the script weren't good enough. To me, that then signals the fact that actually they want to make this better, which is only a good thing. They've looked at it and they thought, actually, no, we can make this better. Obviously, the D23 announcement didn't help coming out to say they're really good. But um, do you know what? What we haven't mentioned, and you have mentioned actually, is kind of, but obviously the the sequel trilogy is one thing. You know, the diminishing returns, the fan reaction, the, the divisiveness. KK and Bob Iger have come under a lot of flack. However, one thing I haven't seen, and I haven't seen from anyone, even those who support them, are people coming out tweeting and Instagramming and Facebooking and whatnot now about, I'm so glad Kathleen Kennedy gave us the Mandalorian and things, oh, and Bob yeah. Iger was behind her. Kathleen Kennedy produced Rogue One. She produced The Mandalorian films, which are uh, films and series which are, which are held up by fans of the new age. As you know, pretty hard to beat. And I know Rogue One's had a bit of a renaissance, but The Mandalorian has almost got universal uh, success and praise. But nobody's saying well done, K- Kathleen Kennedy, for that because you know she was the driving True. force behind it, and Michelle was, and Bob Iger and um, John and Dave. And the director's book, Kathleen Kennedy was the vision behind it. She produced it as she did with the films and she oversaw production as she did with the films. So we must now not forget to say, well, actually, the first ever Disney uh, Star Wars TV series, which has actually seen the light of day and which has got so much acclaim, uh, Rotten Tomatoes, I believe, the fans voted it there or it got was, was their top TV show, series of last year. I agree with that. But, what, but we need to be celebrating the fact that, yes... Um, we know the film's bought in a lot of money, returns notwithstanding, they've bought in a lot of money. But the first ever live action TV series was an absolute runaway success. The merchandise yeah. that came along with that is going to be a massive success. It already has been as well. Disney Plus itself, huge success. Let's not forget that. It already is. Iger, Kennedy behind that as well. Certainly Iger, especially behind that. So let's also stand up and give them a pat on the back for the wins that they've done. Yeah, Rogue One yeah. as well. And again, one last time, bringing, the Star, bringing Star Wars back to the big screen. No other trilogy in the Star Wars world had three films that played over a billion. And, you know, there's only been a few series of films that have been this successful where almost 100% of the output has made over a billion dollars. So they have done right. the business and they are in the future with what they're giving us with the Mando and the Disney Plus and potentially Kenobi. It was as good as we hoped. And whatever Project Luminous might be, by the time you're listening to this, we're going to know. But that's being set up for big things. Kathleen Kennedy's behind that as well. Let's not forget that. So do I keep them? Yes. With a caveat that I would like to see somebody come in to handle the actual day-to-day film production side. Not in terms of producing the films, that's KK, but hiring the directors, working with them, being there on set. I'd like to see somebody who's more attuned to that being on set working with them so Bob Iger I think actually Bob Iger's doing a great job 
in in terms of steadying that ship and actually he's actually made he's actually made more money for Disney I believe than any other head has before he's revitalized that company because under Eisner before wasn't doing so well I'm keeping them how about you I I so I think um the truth is if you're going to sack Kennedy who's going to replace her not Dave Filoni. I don't know not Dave Filoni that's not <laughs> what like despite yeah. what some people think Favreau people that ain't say and I don't, even, I don't even think he'd apply for that job. No. I don't even think he'd want that job. Maybe John Favreau. I don't know. But I, I think he's a ground, like, for, boots on the ground sort of guy. He wants to be making the product. He wants to be making this art, making the film. I've got a name for that. that's the difference. Gone. Man across the street, Kevin Feige. He's done it nah. before. Nah. Would you have him steady the ship? There, Big Star Wars Maybe. fan? Maybe. I'd... Yeah, li- listen. He he's he he's done a great job. He's done a great job at Marvel. Mm-hmm. I'd take him. I'd take him. But why would he? I can't see him wanting. To, and this is what I'm saying. I can't see him wanting to move from Marvel. That's fair enough. Yeah, one, when it works for one, might not work for the other. Yeah. The, the only the only reason I'd see him leaving Marvel is because Marvel, I think, has a real issue in the future with like restarting again, effectively mm-hmm. from. Endgame. Yeah. I post Endgame Marvel, I think is going to struggle. Um, it's not going to be the same old glory days. I I don't think. Let's see. Let's see. But and, and maybe that might be a reason for Kevin wanting to look onto different things. I don't know. Mm. Um, that's the only guy I can kind of think of. I can't think of many people who'd, who'd want that job. To 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 be frank, um, let let alone like. Who who's qualified enough for it? Unless there's someone behind the scenes like uh, Michelle Ridgewan. We don't know about those kind of people. So yeah, and we we don't know anything about her. Yeah, we don't we don't know barely anything about her. This lady's like you know I'm sure she's very good and very talented. We, we've spoken about this in a previous yes. show, but I'm still not sure if she's even qualified enough to be in that position. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But I will say this. I would keep Kathleen Kennedy for the time being. I would maybe try and finesse maybe a trade-off with Feige now you've mentioned it. I don't know. Bob Iger, I think he needs to go. Ooh. And I think Disney Disney need to like stand back and seriously look at their property and go, look, we've had a record-breaking year. Marvel's killed it. But why did Marvel kill it? Why did they kill it? Because they, they built this massive, massive story this overarching story that was consistent. Mm-hmm. They didn't do that with three films. They didn't do that with a sequel trilogy. What were they thinking? What were they thinking? It's un- it, it, it is unacceptable. It is unacceptable. It's not right. It's not, and it's and it isn't good enough. I get why. I get why they decided to go down that route. I get why they would maybe want to give artistic uh, license to. Um, the directors, I understand all of that. And actually, to some extent, I do respect it. But in hindsight, hey, should have been better planned. Should have been. This is passionate, raw sessions. I love it. This is it, man. It. This is it. And I do think that does... the. the and the reason I say Iger and Disney need to call it is, is because, you know, I, I, I think that, you know, pressing... The, these these firms for two films are uh, a film every year you know i don't think that was the way to go and that's what they did man 
That's what they did. And I've been thinking, you know, um, Rogue One came out and I remember Kathleen Kennedy coming out of Star Wars Celebration Orlando and she thanked the audience for rewarding them with a risk. Mm -hmm. She went, I want to thank you guys because we took a massive risk in making Rogue One and you guys came out and supported it. So thank you. We did something different. You supported it. Of course they supported it. It was a good film. It's a solid film. It is one of the best Star Wars films ever created. Standard. I think it's the winner out of this whole, um, this new era for many reasons, but it's the, it's the beacon. It, It shouldn't have been as successful as it was. It shouldn't have been one of the top 40 biggest films ever, top 13 biggest of all time in the US. shouldn't have been the second biggest film of that year, but it was. But it was. Yep. And, and, and I do think this is more of a root cause. And the actions from Kathleen, whatever they are, I, I can't help but feel that that is not the root cause the root cause is this strict schedule that disney have put in place Mm -hmm. this ruthless like want for releasing a film every year you know and it's now that bob Iger has said maybe you know stars is more of an event film Mm -hmm. you know yeah no kidding (laughs) no kidding Ah, oh, but I get it. I get why they wanted to experiment and do that because it's a business, guys. If you're listening to this podcast, you love Star Wars like us. When we love Star Wars, and we we have loved all these recent Star Wars, it's still a business. I've got two questions for you on that, mate. Two questions, and that's and that, and then that, that probably sums it up for me. Two questions, then. Firstly, Iger, and this isn't me um, d- disagreeing. This is just, this is just. Thinking outside the box to what people might be thinking when they're listening. So, uh, Iger, go on, go on. What, what if, if he was to have a meeting with the shareholders and they're going to say, "Look, look, Bob, we want you to take early retirement." What happens when he slaps the figures down the table and says, "Look how much I've put in your bonus pots and ha- look how many family holidays you guys have had because of me, because of the money I've bought in." And secondly, about the obviously finding that, that yeah, they took a risk and they wanted to potentially put more films out. Was this the right time to do it? In like this like sequel trilogy, the sequel to the OT, the most beloved film trilogy of all time. Was this the time to experiment or could they have not played it? Should they have played it safe now and experiment with a Luminous or something else? That's a very good question. Um, Over to you. I, I, <laughs> thanks, man. <laughs> I think... I think it was maybe experimenting artistically and within the parameters of a Star Wars universe, which I've just summarized that in a sentence. That is one of the most hard things to do ever. (laughs) I take my hats off to any Star Wars uh, director and writer um, because it's difficult stuff. But let me put it this way. Um, Experimenting in the Star Wars film format? No. No. Now's not the right time. This is an investment. It's a long-term investment, Star Wars. It's not a quick cash grab. Mm-hmm. And treating it maybe in places like a cash grab, maybe that is going to have a damaging effect, you know, on 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 the brand. Um, I mean, I don't mean to sound like a big negative Nelly yeah, here, because no. yeah, that's not my nature. Um, but I'm just saying it how it is. You know, I think this could have been managed a lot better and, and in a more clever and intelligent way. But like I said earlier, man, hindsight's a brilliant thing. Maybe we'd be having a completely different conversation about this if Star Wars was so big in China. And I know I've brought that up and I'm a, I'm a sucker for that. Um, but honestly, when 
when Star Wars is making um, like 22 million, I think it was in China, yeah. and making like like way more than that in the UK. Yeah, bit. I don't know if you heard Britain, China, kind of different populations. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, just a bit. Just a bit, just a bit. You know, you've really missed the mark there. But that's something that actually maybe you can't push. Maybe Star Wars just isn't going to be big in China right now. Maybe yeah. it will. Maybe it will take a new set of films for that to work. It worked with Marvel eventually, mm-hmm. eventually, and um, yeah, there, there, there we go, man. I, I think it's 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 a very, very valid question, and I want to be a Debbie Downer about everything because I'm so grateful so grateful for the recent star wars we've had Mm -hmm. um we had a listener um who just started listening to what is the gentleman's oh let's give him a cheeky shout out we had uh brett reese is his unit username oh brett i think it is just brett reese yes he messaged me he started listening on our 50th show and he said the thing is the new films is that um it did reignite his nerddom you know, these new films did reignite that passion for Star Wars, that geekiness of Star Wars. Dude, I totally, totally understand that. And I think I'm on the same page. So for that, I'm very, very, very grateful, eternally yeah. grateful. And all the content we're getting outside books, comics, novels, video games. I mean, it's people have said, it. is this the best time to be a Star Wars fan has ever been? I think so. Yeah, man. I, do you know what? I, I Ironically, I... I do agree. It's so fun. Because even this, isn't it fun? Yeah. Isn't it fun having a little bit of a, even having a little bit of a moan about this, that, like, oh, yeah, we're, we're being really serious about Star Wars, yeah? There's way bigger problems in the world, yeah? It's fun for us to sit down and talk about films and, like, about our favourite galaxy. It far, far took away. a billion dollars. Ah. Yeah, right? Exactly, <laughs> man. It's all good. It's it's all a laugh. It is all a laugh. And I love that. So there we go, bro. There we go. This is the way. This is the way. Hi, I'm Ken Absock, author of Why We Love Star Wars, and you're listening to Star Wars Sessions, probably Britain's greatest Star Wars podcast. Master Blywalker. <laughs> Master Blywalker, there's too many of them. What are we going to do? To do, to do, 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 Right, mate, uh, that's bent my... All those figures and all those numbers have absolutely bent my head and left me part. So, do you know what I want to do? I want to go to that little dusty drinking hole over there. Let's do it. <laughs> yes, and regular listener and top man Alex Jessup sent a picture the other day of a international beer called Han and a non-alcoholic drink called Solo next to each other. So, so uh, barman, can I have a pint of Han, please? Two pints. Yeah, I will have a um, anything that ain't a drink over my head. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we're, as per in the Bantina here, we asked the greatest listeners in the galaxy for your thoughts and our on our main discussion, the one we just had. Um, and here's what you had to say. But first off, we've got a voice message from those sweet golden tones of the King of Wales. 
Well, you sure as hell can't please everyone, especially Star Wars fans. Haters gonna hate, potatoes gonna potate. Star Wars is now bigger than ever thanks to them. People are too quick to judge them for what they don't like, but then don't praise them for what they do enjoy. All of you sessioners out there are absolutely awesome. And remember, Palpatine loves a good Star Wars session. Ouch. Thank you, mate. Straight over, straight from the uh, Seven Bridge there. And yeah, I what Luke said there, Luke's very positive. Luke, it must be something in the name. Luke's very positive. You can't please everyone. And we've just had a little bit of a, uh, an objective look at things as well. Bit of a moan every now and then. Hater's going to hate, potato's going to potate. But, you know, we're still in good hands. Um, Luke says Star Wars is better than ever now, thanks to these guys. And he also then goes and say people judge them for what they didn't like and f- rather than praise for what they did, which is what we mentioned. So, um, yeah, I think it's spot yeah. on there, man. It's good to get start off with some positivity. Yeah, it is. And I don't want to take this uh, session as um, something like a, a hating match because that's not what it is. No, it's not. It is a subjective look at the financial performance of Star Wars in the last few years. You haven't made the which, numbers. When you look, exactly. When you look at it as an asset, it is declining. That's that's the facts. But if we're all having fun, yeah. right? we're all loving it. We're all having an amazing time. And I do think the Mandalorian is the thing that we have to look at. And actually, so that kind of negates what I've just said, because <laughs> The Mandalorian is a crazy success. If we're just talking cinematically, of, yes, course, of course, what I said is correct. But The Mandalorian does change that. And um, yeah, bro, I still love my boy Kylo Ren. Yeah, He's one of my favourite characters in Star Wars ever. Yeah, I still dig the sequel ever. trilogy, mate. I can't wait for Dude, us to do I our sequel trilogy conversation. That's coming a while down the line. But I can't wait for us to sort of recap when, when the film comes out on DVD, uh, Blu-ray, and we can watch them back to back or whatever and really see them for what they are. I can't wait for that because there's so many good moments. For sure, man. Like, the, like I have so many strong, fond memories of these films. Yeah. And they're, they're going to be with me forever, man, because like they, these films have been there for me during hard times and good times. And I, I love them. I absolutely adore them. And uh, for that, like I said, I'm very, very, very grateful. Um up next, Jump to Hyperspace podcast said, kudos to Kathleen Kennedy for reviving what was basically a dead movie franchise. That said, the quality of storytelling does not match anywhere close to that of the original or prequel trilogies, the Clone Wars or even the expanded universe. There also seems to be an unfortunate pattern of directors or writers being sidelined or removed from projects long after they've been announced to the fans. Her contributions are certainly uh, respectable and are an important chapter to the story of the franchise, but it's time for new leadership. Oh, brilliantly written, brilliantly written. Uh, And then then up next, Josh uh, Vaskovic said, their only blemish was not pushing back solo and not marketing it better. Other than that, everything seems to be successful. You can say whatever about the fan reactions, but the proof is in the numbers, really. Yeah, well said, Josh. And we, we've spoken a lot about the numbers tonight. Yep, we have spoken. Agree with both of those. Not sure about the expanded universe storytelling, though. Most of that was pretty... <laughs> um, the Slafer, he said, the only complaint I have... Uh, he does say he's liked all the movies, warts and all, and that's for him. The only complaint he has is that they need to slow down and not green light so many projects at once, otherwise we'll get a repeat mm. of the production issues that The Rise of Skywalker and Solo had. And this isn't a Star Wars or Lucasfilm problem, Lukey boy. The Slafer says it's a Disney problem. 
Mm-hmm. There we go. Their mm-hmm. current business model of choking the market by releasing 12 movies or more a year. Actually, that's true. Is counterproductive and counterintuitive for any filmmaker. Uh, with Emily Boner adding, lads, I may be a wee bit margarita drunk, uh, but I can still tell that the math is in their favour. If your company makes a bajillion dollars, you're a success regardless of how someone likes or dislikes your product. Spot on. Yeah, and I love the way she added in brackets, maths for you English yes. boys. Ah, oh, cheeky, cheeky, love it. Uh, Chris, it's a trap, 28, said. Um, no one can deny they have been financially successful. Heck, they've even been historically successful. Quality of the films is another question. Oh, Chris, you saucy boy. Uh, Jobby King said, those who gave us hashtag Rogue One must be given titles of Dame and Sir. <laughs> People love Rogue Mate. One, man. Uh, and rightfully so. And Zach Hates Sand, great username, added, I think they're finally starting to realise how out of touch they were with Star Wars films, and they started with the sequel trilogy. Uh, what Kathleen Kennedy and Bob need to do is back the hell off and let creators create and stop being controlling over the projects. Very interesting. Yep, R2B2SW simply dropped a clown gif. That's what he thought. The lads, good lads over at Scare of Scuttlebutt. <laughs> podcast uh, friends of the show said this is a trick question but the film's made a boatload of money rogue one is the best of the lot getting a lot of love for rogue one for us here on scarif the sequel trilogy missed many marks didn't succeed in concluding a nine film series return of the jedi was more apt in that department enjoyable sure worthy not so much Uh, and also friends of the show the sleeping giant podcast said say what you will about rogue one and solo i quite like them both of them were cohesive films based around a solid story. The sequel trilogy, though, not so much. It doesn't matter what the brass says or the creators themselves. There were obvious control issues, evidence of infighting, and no clear or cohesive narrative. I know people like to sing Kennedy's praises, and inversely, some people condemn Ryan Johnson. The fact is, though, if Kathleen Kennedy was doing her job, the sequel trilogy would have been streamlined. Fun movies, but they do not jive and our friend of the show snicked 87 uh, got on a nice long running um friendly debate about that so check it out on our uh, twitter feed nice interesting stuff interesting stuff uh up next we've got lolo and big j who said taking everything in as a whole they have been a lot more good than bad in fact the only massive misstep for me was rise of skywalker every other disney star wars film has been good to great and the last jedi is brilliance on the level of empire big thing uh they go on to say the rise of skywalker is a huge misstep but at least we have the mandalorian and the child this is the way lolo this is the way (laughs) the bearded Django says fire them both hashtag feloni and dave favreau 2020 and finally colossal dpm said Well, financially, the Disney-era movies have been a huge success. Just look at the numbers. I mean, The Force Awakens alone made $2 billion at the box office for one movie. To put that into perspective, episodes 1 to 3 made made roughly $2.6 billion combined at box office. Star Wars isn't perfect, isn't a perfect franchise. It It was never meant to be. And people are putting it on an impossible pedestal. And I do think that's definitely there's some wisdom in that comment although it doesn't mean you know we have to settle for mediocre decisions Mm -hmm. 
I do think there's definitely some truth in that. So yeah, thank you very much, Colossal, and thank you to everyone for contributing to this week's Budabut Bantina. That's right, and for those on Instagram, check out the post, because Colossal DPM actually wrote an awful lot more and went into far more depth, but for sake of time, we had to cut it down a bit, so check out that comment, it's really insightful. And um, that's the last That's the last written thing we got, the final thing we got is a voice message from Down Under. It's the guy whose name we've never been able to pronounce, but let the man himself tell you how to pronounce it for us. Henceforth, you shall be known as Darth Dildo. Rise. <laughs> Stuffed that up. But anyway, um, just thought I would say hi. Um, my name's Dylan, <laughs> aka the name I just said before. That's how you pronounce it. Um, I am a Kiwi, but I'm living over in Aussie land. Hence, I don't have a Kiwi accent anymore. Um, anyway, guys, just thought I'd uh, say a little hello. Love your podcast so much. I'm so, so glad to be part of the fam, bam, alam. Anyway, just thought I'd uh, offer my insights. Um, I reckon that the uh, Star Wars films in the Disney era have been hugely successful, like four films over a billion dollars. Like we live in an era where a billion dollars isn't even considered a success these days, but oh my God, it is like seriously. Um, the only film that really didn't do quite well was Solo, but hey, it was still an amazing film and there's heaps of reasons for that. Like the, uh, the marketing wasn't the best. I, I reckon the time that it was slotted into in between two, um, two big Marvel films and also not at the end of the year like it usually is, a whole range of factors affected that. Um, but the, the, the like four films over a billion dollars, hugely successful. Um, I think moving forward, there does need to be a lot more sort of cohesion and planning around the stories and that will definitely increase um you know it's success but i've really enjoyed this era i think it's done hugely well rise of skywalker was a you know over a billion dollars it was a nice comeback bounce back from solo um and you know star wars doesn't always have to be top dog like in even when it's not top dog it's still you know up there in in the pack and the entertainment landscapes um fast evolving and star wars is always going to be hugely successful i'm really excited for the new era and all the new stuff coming and i reckon star wars is going to kick it um but yeah anyway i've talked for way too long i'm really sorry but um hope everyone has a fantastic week and may the force be with you always and yeah love you guys and yeah anyway bye here he is dylan darth dildo himself Kiwi living in Australia, and I think you're, yep, you're right, mate. The film's made a boatload of money. Where we are at the minute, we're in a good place. Are there issues? Yes. And what I love about all of these comments, and what you've said as well, Darth, is the comments we've just got show us that the fans are passionate. They may not like the leadership or the films, they may love them, but the passion is still there. Darth, actually, do you know what, mate? It was just incredibly fun to hear your voice. So thank you so much for sending that in, mate. Yeah, thank you so much, you naughty Kiwi legend. It's great to hear your voice, and please keep interacting with the show. We love you guys, and we love our patrons, which leads us to... This is madness. The best podcast you've ever heard. Star Wars sessions on the mic is quite absurd. Got a Patreon now with lots of tears. From two dollars a month is all it is. Best podcast. Hello there. Best podcast. Best podcast. Roger, Roger. Best 
podcast. That's right, people. From as little as $2 a month for less than a cup of coffee at a coffee shop, you can listen to amazing content, extra shows from both Matt and I, and a cheeky podcasts. Honestly, this is the deal of the century. Nice, spicy, tidy. Patreon.com forward slash Star Wars Sessions. It's the best podcast you've ever heard. Star Wars Sessions on the mic is quite absurd. Got a Patreon now with lots of tears. From $2 a month is all it is. Best podcast. Best podcast. Best podcast. Best podcast. There's the beat. The spice. There he is. So every week, as you know, we get we take questions from our patrons. If you join at the three dollar tier above, you get a guaranteed question every month. Uh, and we've got three this week. So uh, let's t- start. Take us away, Master B. We got familiar legend patron Sean Hudson, who says, "What legend?" Who says so? Star Wars has some cracking moments of comedy. For me, most of them from Han. What are your best two moments each? For me, Han, that's not how the Force works. And Han, women always figure out the truth. Always. Keep it spicy. And hashtag execution. Yeah. Um, So, yeah. Okay, so moments. Matty boy, I'm going to straight up come out with one of my best moments from the rise of skywalker i'm gonna give some rise of skywalker some love because i don't want people to think i didn't enjoy it flipping i love mm-hmm. that film despite its flaws um poe with the torch <laughs> yeah oh my days that got so many giggles that got so <laughs> many giggles at every screening i was in um so that's one of mine matty boy um well most of c3po and the rise of skywalker which i never thought i'd ever say um first one i'm going to go for is attack of the clones obi-wan in the geonosian the petronaki arena when him anakin and padme are chained up and uh, anakin says you know we've come to rescue you and obi-wan looks up and just goes good job that is i love the way you and mcgregor sells that line good job yes yes my number one um I'm going to be really naughty. Uh, I don't know if this counts, but it's how memeable the prequels are. Co-host, right, so you can do what you want. Mate, it's so memeable, the prequels. It's just like when, you know, serious. there's a serious moment. They're in the Jedi Council, and suddenly, what about the droid attack on the Wookiees? It's like... <laughs> What about it? Okay. <laughs> Narrative. <laughs> wink, wink. <laughs> it's just jokes. There's so many memes <laughs> in Star Wars. So I'm going to say number two is the prequels. <laughs> just, just the just, memes. Yeah. Just the prequels. What's what's your funniest moment in Star Wars? Like, oh, the prequels. Yep. Not not where they mean to be funny too. Not Jar Jar. But like the memes for sure. <laughs> The memes are, excuse the pun, they're out of this world. Um, oh, you before. naughty boy. For me, mine is from The Last Jedi. We know he didn't like the comedy in that film, but there's one bit which made me, makes me giggle every time. It's when the gang are talking to Maz Kanata in that video game cutscene, and Poe says to Maz something along the lines of, sounds like this codebreaker can do anything. And she says, oh, yes. And it's the way Rose and Finn just look at each other like, ugh. And then it just cuts back to the conversation. That little look between the two of those always makes me giggle every time. Or, actually, I'm going to chuck in an honourable mention because this actually made me burst out laughing in the cinema when they put the bag over um, Chirrut Inway's head in Rogue One. Yeah. He says, are you kidding me? I'm blind. 
Yes. That made me yes. crack up. Good shout. Good shout. Good shout. Good question, I mate, Sean Hutton. Guys, what are your favourite Star Wars comedy moments? Because there's quite a few of them. Uh, inadvertent or not, ironic or not. Um, so, so next up we've got Paul Buckle, the man who can rock an R2 tux. He said, right, it's been long enough and I need someone's opinion on this. The end of episode nine, we see Ray defeat her grandpa teen. Nice one. When she does the double blade block, we see him start to disintegrate. Then, as it cuts away, there's a flash. Then we see him literally vanish and lightning hit where he stood. Was this just sloppy effects or did he do a disappearing trick again? It's been playing on the old noggin. For those uh, international uh, listeners, noggin means loaf. Loaf means head. Been playing on his old brain. So for me, I think it's just VFX work. I think the disintegration is the key to all of this. The fact that we see him, like, um, but then again, they did that in Infinity War. The fact that you see him as like pieces of him fly away. I think it's the disintegration was their way of saying, look, he really is going. I hope it was anyway, because imagine if they brought him back again in like 20 years time, like uh, we need to somehow like engineer Ian McDermott, like 90 year old Ian back into the films. I think it was just a VFX and the way it's the way it's meant to look. You don't see a body, but I think the way that they show the disintegration was their way of saying, look, he really is going. Mate, I think, I mean, oh. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't think he's dead. I don't think he's going to be dead. You watch, mate. You watch. He is all the Sith. I don't know. I don't know anymore. Oh, that is controversial. What do you think about that, Paul? I don't know. I I know that's a really lame answer, but I cannot. Hi- I can't hand on heart. I can't Han Solo on heart <laughs> say that no, he's never coming back. I don't know. It's a flipping good question. I wish you never asked it, Paul, to be honest. You naughty, spicy boy. <laughs> um, I have a feeling it's kind of purposely been left to go either way. Interesting. That's what I think. Okay. It's a great it. question, Paul. It's a great question. Um, up next, we've got a cheeky question. And none other, legend, spicy boy. It's Matthew Bell. He says, for me, a big part of my love for Star Wars is the bad guys. I think in many senses that the most iconic imagery from all Star Wars is the Stormtroopers, admittedly, with the possible exception of Darth Vader. Can you guys see a future Star Wars that sits outside the totalitarian terror of the Empire or the knockoff Empire in the guise of the First Order? Or... Do you think that the space Nazis are an essential and irreplaceable part of the saga we all love so much? Beautifully written, Matthew. Um, Matty boy, take us away. What are you thinking about this naughty question? Um, do you know what? I think so. Or something tyrannical, at least. Because um, I, I, I mentioned it every week. You could have like a group of factions like, headed up by mob bosses or crime lords. And not just like Jabba the Hutts, but like proper, like in, even more influential uh, crime lords who have who have entire systems at their beck and call. So I think you could have like a collection of very wealthy benefactors who just want to rule the galaxy together. But then, is a galactic level threat more exciting? Is having an emperor, a Death Star, or something along those lines, something which brings real peril, more exciting? Um, I don't know. Are they possibly? Because action movies have always had like a world-ending threat. Comic book movies usually do as well. So it's nothing new to have the the protagonist, the antagonist, sorry, want to take over the world or the galaxy and have a uh, and rule it by fear. So I I kind of think that they they will go 
that way. I hope that they, if they do, that they do shake it up a bit. Maybe like for me, by having a faction of leaders, not just one, but by having a faction of leaders, maybe they could have infighting between them and there's politics between them. Opens up more storytelling, but part of me thinks they are going to keep it with some kind of overarching faction going forward. Whether I want them to or not, I don't know. Can can it survive or you know can can, can I see a future for it? I can do, but whether or not they're going to do that or not, and again that's again that's sitting on the fence. But whether or not they're going to take that risk and give us something really different, the Project Luminous has a chance to do that. If, if not, sorry, not that the next set of films, if they are going to go to something like the High Republic, which won't have an Empire or Sith, they got a chance to do it there. So, absolutely, they can do it. Whether they will is another story. Yeah, I I can't help but feel. Let's look back at the prequels, man. Like the 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 echoes of the Empire were there, mm-hmm. um, in the sense of like real real world, um, real world, you know, visuals. Uh, in in the fact that we get the clone troopers, um, but I really like the Separatists, you know, and I think they became iconic in their own right, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, proof is in the pudding. When I saw the super battle droid in the Mandalorian, I went crazy yep i went so crazy and i love seeing the super battle droid in the mandalorian for me it's connecting all that tissue and they were the bad guys um you know so the answer is actually i think yes Mm -hmm. there is enough talented artists and and creatives out there to make just as an iconic um villainous force as as you mentioned um that that really is compelling and Star Warsy. I definitely, definitely, hands down, think that is plausible and possible. Uh, but again, brilliant question, original question, man, love it. I look forward to the beginning of every month where we start getting the new questions coming in because I get excited for what you guys come up with because you always come up with such wicked questions. And this month was slightly more disjointed because we had a uh, fiftieth show questions and Ken Naps up questions. So uh, next month we'll be getting back to a whole month full of your questions. And before we move on to the Patreon details, Luke and myself, we want to give a huge shout out to our latest patron, Decky, who's joined at the I Am the Senate tier, which is our highest tier, mate. Honestly. Thank you so much for joining at that level and supporting us. Uh, again, at that level, it means the absolute world to us, Decky, mate. And uh, you're going to get all the rewards that you're going to get will be will be um, dished out in good time for you. But honestly, mate, thanks so much. I hope you enjoy what we're going to put out for you, and we'd love to hear more from you on the uh, on the Patreon page and as part of the community. But honestly, thank you so much, mate. And it's not the highest tier. Well, is it? the <laughs> highest, the highest tier. practical tier. It is, yeah. There is. If any, if there's any like rich uh, princes listening to our show, we do have a three thousand dollar tier. Another happy where landing. Matt and I, do we, yeah, it's called another happy landing <laughs> where we'll fly out and land happily anywhere you want and chat about Star Wars. We'll, we'll record yeah, a main so episode of you. We, we may even buy you around as well. But we'll come. Hey, to, we might. We'll come to any pub in the world and do a show yeah. with you for three grand. One off payment. It, it's an option, guys. You watch someone do that, and like we'll end up going to Liverpool or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm actually based in Folkestone. Uh, yeah. 30 miles oh, okay, we'll, we'll, we'll be down there in a bit, mate. <laughs> um, no, as well, if you want all of our extra juicy content and get, an, get a chance to ask us questions, interacting with our amazing community, yeah. please go to patreon.com forward slash Star Wars sessions for all that juicy content. Yep, and uh, also if you want to wear our merch, uh, go to tpublic.com forward slash user forward slash Star Wars Sessions. 
shout out to Johnny Olif, uh, the Limey printmaker, for repping us at Galaxy's Edge. Honestly, mate, that was uh, it was incredible for us to see. I sent Lukey the picture, and he was as overjoyed as you imagine he would be. And OT Nicks for the T-shirt purchase, just because it showed us how sweet that our design. Pat on the back for us and Isaac. How sweet our design looks on a soft pink. I'm how I would happily wear that. So thank you guys for repping us, for supporting us. And if you guys want to uh, check out what we've got on offer, tpublic.com forward slash user forward slash Star Wars sessions. Now moving on to a, a part of the show, where, you know, it makes me a bit like ASMR. It's soothing. It makes me want to go to sleep or cuddle up and, you know, just think about the good things in the world. It's poem time. It's Curtis Smith. Magnetism. With a growl and a hum and a rushing of sand. Kylo comes flying, his heart in his hand. What's happening now? Why is Ray running away? Just a few more quick steps. Then flip, hiss, slash, and pray. She can still sense him there, in the whispers remains. This moment another of the forces refrains. Find me on Twitter at Star Wars Poet, on Instagram and Facebook at Star Wars Poetry. Always Star Wars, always poetry. Always original work, posting daily. Thank you, Curtis. That was a brand new poem, only written in the last few days uh, for us to premiere on the show. So, Curtis, thank you very much. The Rise of Skywalker getting its own poetry. Curtis Smith is a man who sleeps with the light on. He's not scared of the dark. The dark is scared of him. Oh, yes. <laughs> Always, Curtis. Always a naughty, spicy 10 out of 10 legend. Hey, what's up? It's Taylor Gray, a.k.a. Ezra Bridger, and you're listening to Star Wars Sessions, probably Britain's greatest Star Wars podcast. I hope you enjoy the show. Ladies and gentlemen, it's the Star Wars Sessions game! That's right, people. It is the game time. You knew the music. It's the game. It's the time for us to chill out and have some Star Wars bants. Matty boy, are you ready? Deep breath. I'm ready. All right, bro. All right. It's a big one. We're actually uh, building on the success of my last round of the game, (laughs) which was, of course, two shows ago. Um, The jokes are back, my friend. The jokes are back that's right are you ready for really cheesy naff jokes mate if i uh, this is what this is what i live for i'm not gonna lie hit me and you know the rules you know the rules you have to try and guess the answers at least one answer the first one is the first one is why did han put his money in the carbon freezer oh oh oh, it's got to freeze its value Good guess. I mean, I don't know why I'd want to freeze the value unless there's a recession coming, a Star Wars recession. I don't know. Um, He wanted cold, hard cash. God's sake. Of course he did. Mm -hmm. Yep. This is the level. If you did the last week's show, guys, check it out the week before. You've got to go back and listen to that. This is the level you're going to get. Yeah. 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 It's not good. It's not good. Um, Is it brilliant? Right. 
Uh, there we go. So zero, zero so far, okay. Matty boy. Where do Gungans keep their money? Um, they keep their money in their bombad wallets. Bombad wallets. Uh-uh. <laughs> it's, listen to this one, mate. Go on. In Jar Jar Banks. <laughs> so far. That's so bad. They're so kids. bad. They're good. There you go, kids. Use that one at school and you might get beaten up. Yeah. That, don't, if it is, we don't take any liability. Yeah. You might <laughs> get your head absolutely done in. Um, what, next, next. So you've, you've got no points in the moment, oh, dude. No bueno. What do you call an Ewok with no teeth? An Ewok with no teeth? You call him a OAP Ewok? OAP Ewok? <laughs> <laughs> Oh my dear. I mean, I, I really respect the line of thinking. I feel like you're kind of getting better at these. Um, no, it is it is a gummy bear. <laughs> See, loving it. I know Matty Boy's like, he's going to be like cracking up tonight. He's going to oh, be that. I've Those... written these down. Mate, of course you are. Who wouldn't be? Who wouldn't? Who wouldn't? <laughs> okay, ne- ne- next one, next one, next one. Oh, no. Where do Stormtroopers get their uniforms cleaned? Um... Um, I've got to try and think outside the box. Dry cleaners, laundrette. Um, uh, where did I get them? Dry. Uh, oh, I can't think. Um, go on, go on, go on, go on. Just anything, anything. Just say uh, anything. Uh, Death Star laundry. I It's gone. I can't think. Yeah, yeah. Um, no. At <laughs> the dry cloners. Oh, I had dry cleaners. Yeah, oh, and the dry cloners. It's not even canonically accurate. That's a problem. That, but yeah, that's that would be the Camino count. Stupid, stupid joke. But doesn't get Star Wars. <laughs> like I said last time, this is literally just jokes from a different joke book, and they're just kind of like, uh, like just... copying and pasting them onto onto here. They've just put the word stormtrooper and Ewok in it. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> all right, okay, ready. What about this? Um, how do you make a bandstand? How do you take know. away the chairs? Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Yes! It's not even a Star Wars question. I think I've just woken my daughter up, but that was worth it. Yes! Oh my days. That's not even a Star Wars question. It should, I, mate, it should I'll say, take anything. It should say, how do you make a jizz bandstand? <laughs> Because jizz is like the jazz in Star Wars. It is, it? yes. It Officially, is. that's that is canon. That is canon. So How do you make the cantina band stand? Anything, yeah. Figuring know, right? Dan always in the modal nodes. How do you make them stand? But I've got one right. That's all I care about. You got one right. Last one. Last one. Are you ready for this, bad boy? I'm ready for this. Why do wampers eat raw meat? Why do wampers eat raw meat? Because they <laughs> like it chewy. No, mate, you're, you're overthinking it. Um, the answer on here is they're terrible at cooking. Well, that's a literal answer. <laughs> like, it's just... A primitive species can't use an oven, basically the answer. <laughs> it's like... Yeah, it's like... I, you, again, once again, I could put that with anything. Why do lions eat raw meat? They're terrible at cooking. Why do babies it's eat baby like, food? Yeah, they're terrible at cooking. <laughs> like, oh, hilarious. <laughs> Excellent. 
Well, the first game, first joke episode a couple of weeks ago, I got one right. I, I'm at least as good this time. So, mate, I'm telling yeah, you something. You I'm genuinely right. pleased about this. No, I'm putting this book in the cave. Carbon we'll get freezing. it out another time. We'll get it out another time. That's but, it. I'm bad book. I got one right, though. Guys, did you get any of those right? Did you boot better than me? Have you got a worse sense of humour than me? Let us know. Yeah, let us know. Slide in the DMs. <laughs> mate keep uh, do keep don't get rid of the book though. keep it for another episode if you oh, wouldn't no, mind of course, I'm, of course I'm never getting rid of it ever thank you very much I think we could come up with a better joke between ourselves but with the end of the game you know what that guys means I know sad music that is that for this episode number 53 of Star Wars Sessions but the fun doesn't end there no one's ever really gone where can the world find us Master Blywalker they can find us on Twitter at Star Wars Session with no S at the end. That's at Star Wars Session on Twitter. They can slide into our galactic DMs on Instagram at Star Wars Sessions with an S at the end. That's at Star Wars Sessions on Instagram. Or feel free to drop us a spicy, cheeky little voice note or message to our email address, which is sws at whatiwatchtonight.co.uk. That's sws at whatiwatchtonight.co.uk. And if you want to support the show further, please consider checking out our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Star Wars Sessions. We are on Anchor FM, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, anywhere in the galaxy you can find a podcast, you will find us there. And if you love our show, please consider leaving us a good review on your podcast provider of choice. And maybe consider heading over to Podchaser as well. It's the IMDB for podcasts. It's awesome. We're on there. So drop us a review on there too, if you've got a spare 30 seconds, if you wouldn't mind. As I mentioned before, it helps us more than you know. We love hearing from you guys every single week. And please tell all your Star Wars friends about us. Tell your mum, tell your dad, tell your mates, tell your cats, tell the bloke who works behind the bar at the pub, tell your Ewok, tell your cousin, the more, the merrier, the castle spicier. Tell your undomesticated wampa that this is the podcast you're looking for. So until next time from me, it's see ya, and from Luke. May the force be with you. Always. They are Essex based podcast heroes. scripts written. We are ready to start shooting next year. Um, We could not be more excited. Tell that to Kanja Club.